Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Crazy case out of Colorado. A bunch of people sent to me involving a police officer. And stories about police officers always seem to get the attention of people in my audience, as well as me. That's why I do stories about it. But from 9news.com, a police officer patrols with felony charges, and a state agency says it can't stop her. So there's a state board in Colorado that certifies every peace officer in the state And they say that the current rules prevent them from suspending the officer's license to be a police officer. So we'll have to go through this. It involves a small town called Log Lane Village. Log Lane Village, Colorado. Now, she's out on bond with five pending felony charges. And a tiny town has her on the payroll and she's pulling over people as her law enforcement certification remains active. So Nine News profiled the officer about a month ago as she stands accused of pocketing more than $30,000 in fees through vehicle identification number inspections. Uh, That's the accusation. And so in many states, vehicles need to be inspected from time to time. And oftentimes those inspections are performed by police officers. And then the question is, if you pay the police officer some money, where does the money go? And if you overpay the police officer to get a, I don't know, more favorable inspection, where does that money go? Uh, So those are all things that people think about. But that was not as clear in this story. So I went and pulled the earlier story. And there's some more details. Among other things, Log Lane Village is a town of about 800 people, about 800 people, for whom they have two police officers tasked with watching over their safety. Now, Nine News investigation revealed that one of them is currently out on bond for a felony case, and the other faced allegations of sending uh, adult photos to women while on duty. Now, (laughs) we won't get into that, but it really looks like whoever's hiring for this Log Lane Village, Colorado, probably needs to do a little more homework on these people. So the officer that we're talking about uh, is facing five felony charges out of Arapahoe County. She is accused of pocketing more than $30,000 of fees involving vehicle identification number inspections while working for the town of Morrison as a police officer back in 2021. So the case is filed against her by state investigators. She's also accused of conducting 640 incomplete vehicle identification number inspections that may have allowed vehicles to be sold at a value higher than they would have been if they'd been properly marked as salvage. And that's one of the situations where there is a required inspection in many states. Many states say if a vehicle is marked as salvage, if you want to put that vehicle back on the road, it's got to go through an inspection by somebody competent. And so, for instance, if a vehicle is so bent up that it gets labeled salvage, somebody might look at that and go, hey, I bet I can straighten that vehicle out. I know guys who do this, by the way. So you you get the vehicle, you bring it back, you pull off all the bad stuff, you straighten the unibody out, you put on new body parts. That's actually the issue because the state wants to make sure that chop shops aren't using these things to launder stolen cars. So they will actually ask you to provide receipts for every single major piece that went on the car. And they'll double check to make sure that they aren't stolen. That's one of the things they do in a VIN inspection. It's not just look at the VIN and go, oh, that's a VIN. <laughs> I counted. There's 17 digits. Well, no, that's <laughs> it's a little more in depth than that. 
So meanwhile, they approached her while she's on duty and she said, no comment. Uh, you can talk to the town. I have no comment. So the fact that Log Lane Village continues to employ the officer facing felony charges, and she's employed as an officer, highlights a potential problem in the state law that explains when an officer's certification can be suspended. The Police Officer Standards and Training Board, which is POST, which certifies all officers in Colorado if they have current training and a clear background, will suspend licenses when an officer's training is not current. So if they're not current on training, yeah, they get suspended. Facing felony charges? Yeah. However, current rules don't outline what should happen if an officer is facing a felony charge. So apparently the rules are silent on this, as we say. Right now, post board's hands are tied, says the uh, deputy county sheriff, excuse me, the county sheriff of Douglas County, who also serves as a vice chairman of Post. Even if a complaint was made, they wouldn't be able to do anything, he said, adding it would take an act of Colorado's legislature to actually amend the law so the board could take action against a license of somebody who is facing felony charges. In an interview with Nine News, he expressed his concerns about the fact that there's an officer working with active felony charges. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a split second. So a lot of people want to say, Steve, I've heard you talk about something before that strikes me. And as much as I don't like the idea of a police officer facing felony charges, because what could that mean? But isn't she innocent until proven guilty? So she hasn't even been put on trial yet. Obviously, right now, she's innocent. Yes, she is. But here's the problem. What happens if she's found guilty? You see, if she's found guilty, and all of the cases she's worked on preceding that, are not resolved, she may be a witness in a case who has to take the stand. And when she takes the stand about the third question, I believe asked on cross-examination, let's talk about your felony convictions. And there goes all the credibility of that witness. Might not be the third question, might be the first. It depends on what questions got asked on direct. But you also have to remember, and some people are going to ask this, and by the way, this is a very, very advanced question. Some people are going to say, Steve, isn't it possible that on direct examination, the prosecutor could tap the answer around this and keep them from bringing it up on cross? Because remember, cross is supposed to only cross-examine on things that were raised in the original examination. Uh, the direct. Yes, yes, on some levels. But you can always... You can always attack credibility. So to give you an example, if someone got on the stand and answered like three questions, what's your name? Where were you on Wednesday the 3rd? What did you see? Thank you. No more, no more questions. I can get up and ask an hour's worth of uh, questions regarding credibility because that's always something that is important for a witness. So it's not just credibility with respect to uh, whether they're telling the truth but also foundational issues. So for instance, you claim that you saw the light at the intersection and it was green from where you were standing. I get to ask you about where you were standing. I get to ask you about the weather conditions. I get to ask you about your eyesight. I get to ask you, were there other distractions? I get, I, literally, I, I, I could do this all day. And on cross-examination, I might. And it depends on how good of a witness you are as to whether or not that makes any sense. But 
I've seen situations before where I've watched a trial. I've, I've watched a lot of trials. And I see a witness get on the stand and testify to something that is so innocuous that I'm like, oh, okay. They saw the light. The light was green. Other side gets up on cross, starts asking questions. You realize, oh, light might not have been green. <laughs> that person might not have been there. That person might not be able to see me sitting in the front row. <laughs> and I'm not saying, and by the way, there's going to be some people complaining right now, going, Steve, you can't just attack a witness. Well, you cross-examine witnesses to see how good their testimony stands up to cross-examination. And there are witnesses who will get on the stand and confidently say something where the other side's going, that's not true. I know it's not true. And so you got to sit there and poke at it a little bit to, to show how untrue it could be to the jury. And I've seen witnesses who've stood up to that, and, and it turns out their story makes a lot of sense. Yes, I was standing there. Yes, I had my glasses on. With my glasses on, I got just as good eyesight as you do. It's broad daylight. Perfect weather conditions. I was actually looking at the light because somebody said, hey, look at the light. <laughs> okay? But I've also seen it the other way around. Oh, no, I was actually looking the other way. I had my back to the light. When I turned around, it was red, so it must have been green when I wasn't looking at it. Earlier, you said you were looking at it. Well, I was looking at it later. <laughs> but you weren't looking at it when the car went through. Oh, no. Why'd you turn around? Well, I heard the accident over there. Where's the light? Over there. I mean, I, I've seen everything on that spectrum. I've, I've seen it where somebody gets up and testifies. By the time they're done, both sides of question them. You go, that person is telling the truth. I've also seen it where you get up, both sides cross-examine and direct examine, and you're looking at the person going, poor person. They might get prosecuted for perjury because <laughs> they lied so badly under direct. So if this, if, if, Capital I, capital F. Capital spaces on both sides of the if. <laughs> if this woman gets convicted of a felony charge, she's going to be a field day for every defense attorney who handles a case that she's involved in. And by the way, it gets even better because the prosecutor will have to make a decision then. Do I bring a case based on her? If, capital I, capital F, <laughs> if she's convicted. And so that's the risk they run by leaving her on the street. Now, I, I tend to not like the idea where they say, okay, in that case, go sit at home, we'll pay you. Well, you can find something innocuous for the person to do, I assume, paperwork, desk work, answer the phone. It's got to be something they can do of use, right? But uh, I wouldn't have them out involved in cases that might wind up in court. So the Post board, according to the guy they were interviewing earlier, says they should have the ability to suspend that person so the person is not acting as a peace officer in the state of Colorado, potentially jeopardizing other criminal justice systems in place. Now, keep in mind, they're simply talking about her certification. Of course, the town of Log Lane Village could also have not hired her, but they hired her. Apparently, she got these charges at her previous job. <laughs> Criminal justice and law enforcement experts who have spoken to Nine News about the unusual circumstances have said that her employment could mean legal trouble for Log Lane Village, especially if she's ultimately convicted of a felony. If I was a small town, I think I'd wait till that case is over before hiring someone 
says a criminal justice professor at Metropolitan State University in Denver, uh, who said that defense attorneys would have a field day with any case handled by her because her credibility would be jeopardized if she's convicted of a felony. It's a disturbing situation because it sets that department up for liability for sure. Uh, records request revealed that she's been employed at Log Lane Village since March of this year, has issued 22 tickets for things like speeding, property damage, and dogs at large. Log Lane Mayor has refused to answer phone calls and emails by Nine News seeking an explanation if the town knew about the felony. They just simply said, did you know about it? Did you know about it? And by the way, that's a fair question. They simply want to know, did you know? Because if you say, yes, we knew, okay, that's one thing. No, we didn't know? Okay, that's another thing. <laughs> Earlier this month, Nine News obtained the woman's job application, which shows that she did not disclose she was arrested and charged for theft last September. Her trial is set for February. And by the way, some people are going to ask and say, Steve, if I get called to testify, are they going to be able to dig into my past and say, hey, 29 years ago, uh, you were caught shoplifting and you stole a widget worth $3 and that's on your permanent record. <laughs> Is that going to come out when I testify? You should be aware of the fact that acts and actions unrelated to the actual case oftentimes can be used for impeachment purposes, that is to make you look bad or to question your testimony, if they fit extremely narrow guidelines. And so they'll often say that you can only be cross-examined if the prior conviction would affect your ability to be truthful, potentially, or would show some sign of propensity towards dishonesty. And they'll often say that if you've committed and been convicted of a crime within a certain time frame, say 10 years, and the crime involves theft or dishonesty, it can be brought out. But it's being brought out not to make you look bad, but just to simply show that you might not be a truthful person. So someone who is, if convicted, someone who's convicted of these kinds of charges, arguably that could be brought out to show that they have a problem with dishonesty and honesty. And remember that when you swear to tell the truth, the whole point is you're being honest. So someone gets up there and they swear to tell the truth and a cross-examination you say, isn't it true you're convicted of a felony for theft? Yes. Let's talk about that. Why don't we? Cross-examination. That's, that's, that's actually fun. <laughs> I have people occasionally ask me, say, Steve, what, like, what's the fun part of your job versus the dreary part of your job? We don't want to hear about the dreary part because it's probably dreary just to listen to. What's the fun part? One of the fun parts, and by the way, it doesn't get to happen all that often because most cases settle, but when you have a case that goes to trial and someone's on the stand and you've got the goods on them, oh, you have no idea how much fun that is. That is so much fun. To cross-examine somebody when you've got them. You know you've got them. And if you do it right, you, you, you can drag it out to where the person sticks to their guns and doesn't admit that you've got them until deep into it. And then they're so deep in the woods that they, they don't know how to get out. So I, 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 I can picture right now the defense attorneys near Log Lane Village, Colorado, going, oh, <laughs> 
an early Christmas gift. So there you go. 9news.com ran all of these stories. They ran a whole bunch of them on this case. Headline in this one was, as a police officer patrols with felony charges, the state agency says it can't stop her. And it really is up to the village that hired her to do anything if they're going to do anything. And if they don't, they're potentially jeopardizing cases she's involved in, unless, of course, these charges come to nothing. In which case... Well, then they look like geniuses, don't they? <laughs> Except for all the bad PR. Questions or comments, put them below. Those. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Smartphones are so great. Why bother to call someone to decide where to eat when you can exchange 89 text messages instead?